0: You can find it on the Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and that, of course, means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White. And we this time around have decided to take a little bit of a preview, a little bit of a look at really all we can do, right, Tom, is examine the roster where we're at today and try to make some decisions and some determinations about where things will stand heading into the regular season. And I think your latest article has done a brilliant job of summarizing this, especially for the Cowboys fans who are not paying attention to the minutiae, if you will, of the moves the Cowboys have made over the past couple of months, right? These are the guys that, Mm -hmm. hey, get me set for training camp. Let me know the names I need to know, and I'll be good to go. Well, if that's you, then this is the podcast for you because Tom has put in the work to compile a list of not only the players we expect to be on the roster and starting for the Cowboys come week one, but also the players that we think will be vying for these positions and then a few others who have the possibility of, of winding up on this roster, be it an outside chance or otherwise, Tom. So I hope I've done a decent job of summarizing what you have yeah. there for us. And please sprinkle on anything
2: else you'd like. Yeah. The, the the fact is that every year you can sit down and probably name 44, 45 of the players who will make the 53 man roster uh, I don't have quite that many that I have as firm because there are some guys that are like really likely to make it, but there could be a little something to develop. The thing is, instead of looking at all 88 of the players, I mean, I looked at all of the 88 players, but I only found that in my mind, there are 63 that are relevant, guys that have a legitimate shot at, at making it. And, you know, we'll kind of talk about why some of them might not or, you know, who has, you know, a really good shot and who's kind of just hoping things work out. And it you have to factor in, in some cases, it's going to come down to how do they allocate the roster spots? How many guys do they have on the defensive line versus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who, who they have on offense? How many corners do they have and how many safeties? That can determine somebody's future with the team right there, just how they make the call. So I sat down and came up with a list of guys that I'm sure are going to be there guys that I kind of expect to be there and guys to keep an eye on because they do have a a shot at, at getting onto the roster if the dominoes fall right for them.
1: Okay, And uh, just for those listening, I have not, I intentionally, Tom, didn't look at this whole list. So that I could keep track of the guys you go through. And if there's anybody else that I think maybe deserves a, you know, a mention, if you will, an honorable mention or otherwise, I'll throw them in at the end. But hey, man, to already have looked at, you know, potentially uh, the amount of guys that could be involved. And now with a list of, uh you know, somewhere in the 60s, I believe, I'm very interested to hear what these names are going to be. So let's get started, right? I guess we'll start with the obvious ones. Quarterback, right? No question. Yeah.
2: On who that's going to be yeah the easiest one to call because they've got the new emergency quarterback rule and that means that teams are just going to have three quarterbacks suited up with the third guy uh, technically on the inactive list but able to come in if QB1 and QB2 are unable to go at some point during the game That means they're going to have Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, and Will Greer all in uniform on the sidelines. Uh, There may be a competition to see who's actually QB2 versus QB3 between Rush and Greer, but that's just kind of a done deal because they don't have anybody else on the roster. We know they'll bring in a camp body to uh, handle the workload so they don't tire out the arms of the, the other three quarterbacks, but Barring something wildly unforeseen, you can just write those guys down in ink. They're going to be on the roster.
1: Easy for me and no debates about it, right? those That's the three. Yeah. Uh, don't see anybody leapfrogging them. The next position,
2: running back, I think there's potential moves here. Yeah, and this one was one of the most – to me, this is where a lot of different outcomes could happen, Uh, you know, not to mention the fact of do they go with three or do they go with four? And just uh, to mention it, I don't even look at Hunter Lipke as a fullback. I just throw him in with the running backs and he will count uh, in that way. Uh, the only f- pure lock they have is Tony Pollard. You know, we know he's running back one. Deuce Vaughn, I think, is is probable. Uh, he would have to have a really bad offseason to not make this roster. Uh, and part of it's just because they know the storyline; they want to play that up. But I, uh, you know, I was, I was, I got was scrolling through Twitter and found the Deuce Vaughn highlight reel.
1: Yeah, I, you mentioned I was that watching we hopped on the pod. Like after seeing it, do you really think it's just because, or primarily because of the narrative? Because to me, I do believe this guy is going to be a weapon. I have more faith. Let me say that I have more faith that Deuce Vaughn is going to be a viable weapon. than I did that Cavante Turpin was going to be one that they could wrinkle and roll into the office. I think Deuce can do a lot of those things way better than Turpin does.
2: Yeah. And that's an interesting place where there can be some permutations that happen between position groups. Uh, There's several of them uh, this year that we can look at and, The thing is, there are four of the running backs uh, on the roster. They're all possible because they're going to carry three or four running backs. And so if you have Pollard and Vaughn, you've got to have one or two other guys. And while I think Malik Davis might have gotten a little bit of a head start uh, since Pollard was not able to go full speed in in the OTAs in minicamp, all four of these guys have a chance to prove themselves and the offseason is going to be very important i expect to see pollard sitting on the sidelines in the offseason games and letting these uh, the other guys have a chance all and I teams
1: be... have had some looks either in the nfl with the cowboys or with other teams right that's ronald jones that's yeah. davis as you mentioned that's also rico dowdle for the cowboys in that mix as well as Lipke.
2: yeah i think and you know i'm pulling for Lepke to make the uh the team as both the power back for them, short yardage guy, and just as a big guy that can handle the full the full gamut. He he can catch passes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm old school. I remember how I used to love watching to see if they were going to try to float one to a Moose Johnson coming out of the backfield because he 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 would he would usually catch four or five touchdown passes every year and you know, that's just the kind of thing I love to speculate on. But running back is going to be a fun thing to watch to try to figure out how that's going to stack up. And it, it, it could go, like I said, it could be any combination of the other four guys that, that wind up having some impact.
1: 100%. Running back, arguably one of the most, if not the most, Interesting position battle behind Tony Pollard, right? Tony Pollard's Yeah,
2: Pollard's Pollard's got what the what is he, going to
1: be two. And I think in this offense, whoever RB2 is is still gonna have a viable role, right? Yeah. Even at Zeke's the height of his powers, it was probably a 65 to 35 split. I kind of had that same expectation for Tony Pollard, and that means there's still 35 of which to work with from a percentage standpoint from for all these other backup guys, and that's and they may have- including other names that could be added, right? By the way, I don't think Dalvin Cook is coming. I don't know how that blew up with ESPN, how someone came up with the idea that somehow Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins were going to wind up with the Cowboys. Ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, I just... Possibly afford it, but I do still leave open the possibility that someone joins this group, Tom.
2: Yeah, and and it could be that 35% of the carries might actually, they might actually split that between a couple of guys. Uh, especially since Vaughn might have certain situations they prefer to use him in, uh, since he, he does have some good talent coming out of the backfield and is good at catching the ball. So, yeah, it's, it's just – that's going to be one of the more interesting storylines through camp, I think.
1: At the wide receiver position, the three locks are the same – well, really, the the two guys that were going to be locks anyway, holdovers from last year, because of their contracts, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, the addition of Brandon Cooks obviously makes him a lock as well, although we weren't debating that coming off of uh, several thousand-yard seasons outside of last year when he obviously had a down year with a a bad team. Um, the rest of the list, though, I'm interested to see who you've stacked up as the probables versus the possibles here.
2: Yeah, I and to tell you the truth, I think this is going to go chalk uh, Mm -hmm. because I've got the top three. They're just obvious. That's the starters in 11 personnel package. And so you you know those guys are going to be lining up a lot. Mm -hmm. The probables are the usual suspects that we've been hearing about. Cavante, Turpin, Jalen Tolbert, Simi Fajoko. If they go with six wide receivers, they could just go with five and then it becomes an interesting question who doesn't make it. I think Turpin's going to hang on to the punt return job with Deuce Vaughn being his backup. Uh, but if if Vaughn should claim that, that might be an opportunity uh, with looking at Vaughn as a quasi-receiver himself for them to go short there and use that spot somewhere else. So that's an interesting thing. And, yeah, I
1: hadn't thought about that. I, I mean, to me, I kind of had turpin in definitely getting in it's also the reason why i thought for sure they'd have six wide mm-hmm. receivers but i suppose if there is a chance that deuce vaughn could beat him out granted you're talking about the pro bowl representative as a kick returner for the AFC or the nfc last season so yeah. it would be a high bar for vaughn to clear but i agree with you that i guess if he showed that he could provide that turpin's value now becomes next to none and I could see them riding short there, but in general, I agree. I think Jalen Tolbert's obviously done enough based on reports within minicamps and OTAs to give people a feeling that he's on the up. Simi Fahoko just seems like kind of the the final guy in that equation. I could still see them adding someone here too, be it a veteran name or otherwise. But right now, Simi uh, does seem to be the have the inside track.
2: And the rest of the guys, frankly, are all the long shots. There's always, like you said, that excitement about some, you know, UDFA or, or whatever that that just blows up in practice one day and has a great show, and then, as you said, you know, a couple of days later, he's he's you know everything's clanking off his hands, and, and so there is the reason why you know Turpin Tolbert and Fihoko are probable is that there is a chance that some guy just earns his way onto the squad and bumps one of them off. But to me, that's a small, you know, like 10, 15% chance of that happening. So uh, it, it will be interesting. But people are going to get their hearts broken over somebody that they got as their pet cat as a wide receiver.
1: Tight <laughs> end. I guess the next one, again, feels like pretty obvious where Mm -hmm. things stand simply because of the draft capital that the Cowboys have allocated to it, right? Uh, Three draft picks in the last two years have been delegated towards the tight ends. The highest one coming this season there with uh, Schoonmaker. So uh, Schoonmaker, Ferguson, and Hendershot all appear to be locks to me. And I'm not sure if I have any probables on this list. Do you? Uh, Outside of those
2: three. Yeah, I, I do. I've got Sean McKean. King, okay. And that's if they need a fourth tight end. Because the offense is going through some evolution with Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, basically taking over, uh, even though Brian Schottenheimer is, is the offensive coordinator by title. It, this is McCarthy's offense. He might want that tight end depth, plus uh, – being a good special teams player can also get you a spot on the roster. And, and I think McCune can, can provide some of that. So he is, I, to me, he's a probable, uh, and it, it's going to come down to again, how they decide to manage the roster. I just, I don't think any of the other guys have a real chance of bumping him because he's been with the team for three years now. And he knows the system. Uh, he knows Dak uh so you know he may not have had a lot of work with that but he's had a few few reps with him so and, and he has filled in at times when somebody was nicked up mm-hmm. i i i feel i feel he's got a really good shot to hang around again this year
1: yeah there's not anybody else in the tight end room either that i see uh you know challenging in that shoot the, the names that are on our lads i honestly wasn't even familiar south seth green and princeton fant Um, (laughs) that's who the Cowboys have on the roster at the tight end position Uh, doubt they will be there when we get to week one so uh, good stuff there along the offensive line then right maybe some a little more contention here
2: Uh, yeah it gets a little dicey to me when you look at offensive tackle because we've got Two locks in Tyron Smith and Terrence Steele because we're not talking about Tyler Smith yet. So we've got two locks with them, and that means you're going to need a swing tackle. And with what they've got right now, I think the probable guy is Matt Go! I've been hearing, you know, rumbles that he's doing really well. Coming back, he was injured, and so he missed his his rookie year with the team. I think they believe they've got something there and want him to, to make it as at least a swing tackle. Uh, he's, you know, I've got him as a possible, but I think he might really be more of a probable uh, because if it's not him, I don't know who it's going to be unless they go really radical and just say – Okay, we're going to have two offensive tackles, and Tyler Smith will kick out if we need it, and that's what we're going to roll with, which that sounds awfully thin and a little scary to me. but So that's why I'm looking looking at it that way. I think the the best chance for three full-time OTs are the two starters who have injury problems. And we'll let's go. It's, it's, I'm still uneasy about the whole offensive line situation because yeah. health is so...
3: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in.
0: You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And that's the is the probable. I would throw Josh Ball's name in there just to be included. Uh, Again, like possible, he's got an outside chance.
2: Yeah, I, I, I heard they were. I think I heard somewhere that they were experimenting with him at guard, which sounds to me like, uh oh, unless unless they're trying to get the position flexible I, I just I'm not I'm not high on him at all uh, I don't think hes showing anything
1: me neither uh I would just note him as a possible in that only because the offensive tackle position is so thin
2: yeah now the interior of the offensive line I think is deeper this year uh mm-hmm. you know we know we've got Zach and the two Tylers uh Biotis and Smith are going to be, are there projected? That's a planned start. I have to keep and understand that health can affect any of this. If if one of the guys that we're talking about here gets hurt, and you know, knock on wood, but we know what happens, uh, then that will open up a chance for somebody that we might not be talking about. But as I said, I've got sixty three names, so it could still come out of the list that we've got here. Uh, Behind them, I think the the, the probable guys to be depth players are Matt Farniok, who has experience. I believe he's the primary backup at center. that They're practicing him there, and that's who they have to step in if something happens with Biotish. And the draftee, Asim Richards. uh, I think that just his his draft capital is going to keep him around, and I'm hoping he proves to be worth it, uh, worthy of it and is at least a good quality backup in his rookie season. Uh, and then you've got a, a possible with uh, Chuma Adoga. Mm-hmm. He might come in, especially if they decide to go deep here, again, because of the way they're working with Tyler Smith. That just might be a way to, to backfill there. And and if you, you think about it, how, you know, how many do you want to carry? They have gone sometimes with just three depth players on the offensive line, but I think they would feel better with four. And I think Adoga, with his, you know, just his experience and the fact that he's shown he can be at least a capable guard in the NFL has a, has a a real good possibility of of hanging on and and getting a roster spot.
1: Agree with all that assessment in regards to the interior of the offensive line. I do think Adoga and, and kind of if they're going to go uh, deep at, you know, along the offensive line, he'll probably be here or feel like it's here because of Tyler Smith's positioning right now, right? The guard position with the expectation that he could be split out at any time, potentially on either side, depending on how they roll things out there in training camp. So we've settled the offense and I mean, not a lot of possibles there, it seems. And I, kind of don't disagree with that I there, there wasn't really anybody as I'm looking over our lads listing of players that are currently on the team's roster uh we could throw out names like Dennis Houston last year's um you know training camp star at times uh Antonio Callaway is a wide receiver I suppose potentially intriguing options but nothing sticking out in my mind that would disrupt the pecking order that you've discussed already.
2: Yeah, those guys right now, I think, are more insurance against somebody getting nicked up, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you get to the defense, and it's it's kind of an embarrassment of riches. (laughs) Uh, Chris Howling, one of our other writers, did a piece uh, about the three strongest position groups on the roster, and they're all on defense. He looked at the defensive line as a whole and then cornerbacks and safeties as a third target. And I can't argue with him. Uh, maybe wide receiver might be one you could look at, but uh, I, I, I can certainly see why he went the direction he did. And this is it, with the line as a whole, you know, because I broke it out into edge and interior the line as a whole it's, a lot of it's going to come down for one or two of these guys to how many do they carry uh i think they at one point last season had 11 on the roster for the whole defensive line which could mean all the names i'm going to mention could make it but i think it's the a couple of guys have really got to be sweating it a little bit uh you know with the with the edge rushers you've got three definite locks in, in michael parsons demarcus lawrence Sam Williams, who was a high draft pick last year and came on very well. You've got some probables uh, in Dorrance Armstrong and the draftee this year, Villami Fajoko. Armstrong probably has a foot across that line into being a lock. He is – it was so – I was very – I went back and forth, but I went I ahead. I feel and like went, he is. I'll tip the yeah. scales
1: if it matters. I feel like he is a lock.
2: Yeah, I he he. I think he. You, it's a good argument to make. I just I just left it hanging, and then they've got Dante Fowler, who's you know if if he doesn't make the roster, that is just a testament to how strong this group is. Uh, so you know I I think that's really, <laughs> I think it's one of the best groups in the NFL. Uh, And I think when you throw in the interior of the defensive line, it just strengthens the argument that this, that up front the Cowboys defense is just kind of a monster.
1: We might need to do a follow-up on that and see how the best units of the Cowboys compared to the best units we can find around the NFL. You might've just given us another potential discussion, but I do agree. I, I feel good about all those defensive linemen that you mentioned. Um, Fahoko, yes, uh, maybe a probable. Well, you know, I'm not necessarily sure I agree that Fahoko is a probable, even though I agree that they invested draft capital in them and I know that they like to keep that stuff around, depending on whether or not they go heavy, right? I I would list him more as a possible, uh, only because, like on, on the line, late round draft picks, they seem more willing to cut ties with if they're not working out early.
2: And he's the guy that Fowler would probably be supplanting if he made if he made it and they didn't carry six, didn't go heavy with uh, the the edge rushers. Uh,
1: uh, the it, interior of the defensive line. Then to, I, I was also a little bit surprised because I have three locks here,
2: or yeah, two, but and, I
1: don't, the same two as you do.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I think the locks to me are Osa Digizua and Mozzie Smith. You you know that, that Smith is going to make it as the first-round draft pick.
1: Smith is a bona fide 100% lock.
2: And Odigizua was, what for the whole year, he was the best defensive tackle they had.
1: But you don't think Hankins, having come in the way that he did, and I know you listed him as a probable, right? Maybe, again, splitting hairs. You don't think he's a he's a definite lock as well.
2: The only reason I don't have him as a definite lock is I've got to see the team actually commit to going too deep with the nose tackle, uh, which, you know, I, and they had Bohanna around. I think Bohanna's time is going to come to an end because he just hasn't given them what they needed. Uh, so I, I, I'm thinking – that's and and that's where Neville Gallimore enters in. I think Chauncey Golston. He may be edging towards a lot because he's great when you want to go with two three tech types up front for a, a speed rush or NASCAR package. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gallimore is the guy that could, you know, he, you know, if if they don't want to have two actual full time nose tackles, just because. They're not going to play a nose tackle all the time out there. They're, they're a situational player for the Cowboys' defense. And that's why they might go with Gallimore over Hankins, but they could easily go five and five and get all five of the guys in. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this will be another, uh, I think, maybe in my mind, the second most intriguing kind of position battle in terms of how it shakes out on the depth chart. Uh, behind the the front two guys right and i guess based on your and i's discussion there may be a question as to who even those front two guys will be so and they
2: and they could wind up going with just four and four because at some points they were that last year too so somebody something's got to get you can't get all these names off uh linebackers is is actually there's there's The locks are basically, to me, the three guys that are going to play linebacker with the defense. That's Leighton Van Resch, Damone Clark, and DeMarvion Overshaw. The probables and the possible, to me, are possible special teams aces. They'll carry, I think, at least five linebackers, which will give Jabril Cox and Devin Harper a shot. And if they want to have another one for special teams value, I think Malik Jefferson is the, probably the, the, the guy that you'd look at there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's just, you know, this this is one place where John Fossil is going to be in there talking about who he wants and who he wants to keep. And I think even though Jabril Cox has not really done as much, uh, I think this is going to be what keeps him around. And there's nothing wrong with being a special teams guy. Uh, You know, you're still out there wearing a uniform and playing for your team.
1: Indeed. And he thrived in that role at LSU. And keep in mind, again, like we'll continue to reiterate, he was also a pass coverage specialist at the linebacker position there at LSU. So if he can ever find that part to his game as well or develop that into an NFL-level caliber, linebacker at the position then then that's also an intriguing aspect of what he brings to the table so i agree he is a probable i co-sign on devin harper being a probable as well they got to carry five linebackers now because this is the year we finally stopped playing games with Micah parsons and we just all admit the truth he's an edge rusher that's
2: yeah despite it. dan quinn denying. <laughs> now cornerback again there are four locks i i think four starter caliber players which is great to have in in Trevon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, and Jordan Lewis. Uh, You know, if Lewis can stay healthy, he's starter caliber too. Uh, I mean, that's, sometimes they only carry four cornerbacks, but C.J. Goodwin is a a special case because he's really a special teams asset. And I, I, Maybe they'll decide not to roll with him. I just don't expect it. That's why I've got him listed as a problem because usually you just look at him as, yeah, put him on the list. He's going to make the team. Again, this is a place they might need a little bit more special teams uh, help, or they just might want to have a six linebacker on the roster. And I think that's where Nashawn Wright and Kelvin Joseph are going to be fighting with each other. Uh, I might give Wright a little bit of an edge there, uh, you know, cause Joseph seems to have, you know, had his issues, but th- those are the guys I think going to be looking at. And, you know, like I said, the other people are just, you know, they're just hoping for something wild to happen and then we get an opportunity. Really
1: mm-hmm. uh, the debate there on, on my side, uh, the quarterback rooms pretty set and strong. Um, yeah, no, nothing to say on that front.
2: Yeah. Uh, now, safety, you've got the, the locks are J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson, and Malik Hooker. I always like to mention, remember that Curse is at times a de facto linebacker playing up near the line uh, and because he, he plays that way. He's that hybrid kind of a guy. Uh, uh, and so, you know, those are your three, three solid uh, safeties. Israel Wamu, I think, is a probable to make it. Uh, again, assuming they don't roll with just three safeties, he would be, I think, your fourth guy. And then again, how many safeties do they carry? If they did want to go heavy on safety, all the rest of the guys are just like, okay, let's see who can stand out in camp. So I can't really pick one or two of them out. Maybe Marquise Bell might be a guy you want to look at, but that's just the, the way I saw that.
1: I like Mukuamu there. Um, just getting in there as a, as a probable, right, likely to make the team because he can do so much. Uh, plays yeah. in the slot, plays as a safety, plays on some special teams. So uh, I yeah. I do like Mukuamo. Yeah, he had
2: a good year last year. He, really he did.
1: Really did. He came on finally. A little bit late yeah. bloomer, but he did come on. Um, the yeah. specialist then, right, down to the last – Part of it, and, um, I mean, this one's pretty obvious, right? The locks, we at least know the punters there, for sure. Angers, yep. he's doing great. And we kind of think possible at best for Vizcaeno.
2: Yeah, and, and Viscayano is a possible because he's basically going to be in a kicker competition, I think, the day that they open training camp. Uh, I expect them to have – Every uh, kick he takes will be charted. Yeah, I, I think I think there gonna be all kinds of tryouts. They're gonna they're gonna keep the roster spot to sign sign a guy, bring him on. They'll have some kicker competition, you know, and that could be a cycle like it was all last year uh, during training camp. And then you know, at the very end, Brett Maher emerges and comes on and plays like. Seventeen greats or sixteen great games, and then collapses. I don't what happened to that poor guy. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's fairly simple. And and like I said, if I if I did the counting right, I came up with the 30, 32 players that I consider locks. Fifteen that are more than likely to make it than not, and sixteen in all that have a realistic shot to take a spot maybe from one of the other guys, but more likely. Because just if you add up, you know, 16 and 32, that's only 48, I think. Or excuse me, 32 and 15 is, is 47. So you still got to get six more players out of those other 16 guys.
1: Bingo. And ultimately totaled out 63, uh, one of those being that third quarterback, right? So it's really yeah. kind of 62 back to 53, right? So nine of these guys we kind of expect to ultimately get – eliminated. And then really it probably will be closer to 11 or 12 because we don't know who's going to get released in other places. Now that all the releases are happening at the same time around the NFL, there will be a grab bag there that I think is probably going to push maybe two or three guys that initially make the roster onto the practice squad or onto the waiver wire.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's very likely, but this is my look at the names the Cowboys have now that I think are relevant. Uh, It's just, there's a lot of names on the roster every year that just aren't.
1: Well, there's plenty of time to familiarize yourselves with the whole list. And we'll keep you up to date here at Blowing the Boys. If you want to dive into the minutia, but again, what this podcast hopefully got you set for, hopefully got you ready for is prepared for who will likely be in the running, the names you'll already want to know heading into training camp that, uh, you know, if, hey, there's going to be some prizes coming out of someplace. Well, no one's going to be talking those guys up anyway at this point, And we'll all get to them in due time. So for that, he's Tom. I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys. And we will see you next Thursday.